This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You were listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 252. That's big. Brought to you by Comedy Central, New York Comic Con, Discount Comic Book Service, and iFanboy listeners exactly like you. Here's the black.
fucking sheep. Even if we wanted to, the flock could not be weak. Watch me still like this. Hey, welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast. This is episode 252. I am Josh Flanagan. I'm here with Connor Kilpatrick. Hello. In in uh, storm-ravaged Brooklyn. and uh, I'm in my bunker. <laughs> <laughs> he, has a, he has a red windbreaker on. And Ron I don't Richards. know what's going on outside. <laughs> Please help. Oh, am I glad I got out of there? It's just a hotbed of disaster. Oh, yeah, because you don't live anywhere where natural things like that happen. <laughs> Did you see last week the uh, San Bruno blew up? No. Yes. I thought, I thought I saw the news. I thought a plane crashed. It was like the Fire entire town was under oh, fire. Oh, the gas yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. First, I thought a plane crashed, and then I thought a meth lab blew up. Yeah. Those are my first <laughs> two thoughts. I was like, meth lab. <laughs> no. So you got to know San Bruno. I'm sorry if you live in San Bruno. Okay. Anyway, go on. Uh, ifanboy.com. That is our website. That's that's why we're here. Uh, it's about comic books. We like comics. We read them. Uh, we every week, one of us, the, one of the three of us, has to read all their comic books and pick the best one. They call that the pick of the week. We write about it on the site. We come here. We talk about that and other books from the week and other stuff, letters, uh, musings. Sometimes we just talk for four hours in a drunken ramb- ramble. I don't. Sometimes. <laughs> hey, what are you gonna do? Yeah, what are you gonna do? Uh, before we get going, you should know, and this is important. If you haven't read your books. It's very possible they could be spoiled. There's, a, there's, this is your spoiler warning. We're going to talk about what happens in the book. So, if you are comfortable, then we are comfortable, then we shall proceed. Ron, yes, you may go, or if listeners would like, fast forward to five minutes in, and you can listen to what Connor has to say. <laughs> so, I gotta say, another week in a row for me of a great stack of books across multiple publishers. Really high quality books this week, at least in my from my point of view. But I, I think I, I think I uh, made Connor's jaw jaw drop late Wednesday night. We said we said it before when we, when one of us picks the pick of the week, we send an email to the other two guys saying what it is and what are the books we want to talk about. And, my, and that email came in at like three a.m. my time. I looked at, I opened it up, I saw pick of the week, the unwritten, and I, I did like a quadruple take. <laughs> I thought I was kidding, didn't you? Did you I didn't know who it was from. <laughs> yes, I checked. I went to the website to make sure. And it was. <laughs> Did Josh do the power? No. Oh. Um, yeah, no, I picked the unwritten number seventeen by Mike Carey, Peter Gross, and Ryan Kelly. Um, I fell for the gimmick. What can I say? I hook, line, and sinker right in. Um, right you in. might, you might have, you might have heard about this issue when they they were hyping it up uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, that that this is the one sh- one you know one shot uh, single story choose your own adventure issue. Um, and for those who didn't grow up in the 80s, well, I guess they still have, they're still around. But um, at least for me personally, the Choose Your Own Adventure line of books were a large portion of the entire, my entire reading from like seven or eight years old until like 11. We were um, right at the right age for that. Yeah, oh, yeah, I, mean, like, totally. I, I, don't, I don't know if they existed for any other age or what, but whenever yeah. it was, that's right. We were the, we were the guys. They were, you know why they were perfect? And here's why they were perfect. And the, the review, I don't want the review to be all that Choose Your Adventures, but here's a little amusing on Choose Your Adventure. They were small paperbacks, so they literally fit in my pocket, my back pocket. They, the library had, my library had them all. Okay, there was like a hundred of them. It just seems like it, weren't there? There were just like tons of them. And it was, I mean, the book was, you know, I don't know, 100, 125 pages. But the fact that, and the premise is, is that you read the book, and I remember like the cave of time, and your, your dad's a, an archaeologist, and you go with him on the dig, and you go to this cave. And if you go down the left cave, turn to page 16. You go down the right cave, go to page 72. And, so awesome. Which was so awesome because you were choosing your own adventure. I felt as if I was taking an active part in the story. We didn't get – I, I want to say I got more 
enjoyment and story out of the book, but it still had a hundred pages. Like it didn't. It wasn't like there was a it thicker felt book. longer because you it, had you had multiple stories. Because you would, yeah, you would, you would, you would choose, you would choose a direction, turn the page, then get to another decision point, turn the page, and then you're dead. And you're like, oh shit! So you back up and you go the other direction, and then you know, like, and it was, oh, it was. I would just read them for hours, and Edward, it was Edward, always the worst when you got to that one. Yeah. Oh no, a big rock fell on you. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Go, damn. Um, Edward Patley, uh, Ron spent most of junior high telling people that he was an author. <laughs> oh yeah, I wrote a book. <laughs> um, Edward Packard was the, my favorite writer of them all. I just, I, I, oh god, I read so many of them. And so what this does is this, you know, and which makes sense that the unwritten would do this because you know, like I mentioned in my review on iFanboy.com, you can go read it. But Mike Carey has been weaving, and admittedly, I'm going to be honest, I've only read the first trade. I haven't read, I haven't been reading any issues. Is the second trade even out? Yes. yes. Okay, I will read it now because I'm very interested. Um, but what I found from the first issue and what was further cemented in this issue was that he's weaving a story that is so based in these, little, these literary cultural icons that we almost take for granted. Like, of course, Rudyard Kipling's been around. Of course, you know, those stories have been around. Of course, Choose Your Own Adventure. Of course, Harry Potter. These are, these are literary things that are woven into our cultural existence, and he's playing off them in a very, I mean, I don't want to say subtle because it's obvious, but subversive kind of way. And this is just another example of this. Um, with this, sing- this single issue focuses on the character of, of Lizzie, um, who I remembered from the first trade as the, the girl asking the question at the panel at the con. It's funny and, I had forgotten that part. Oh, so for me, I it was like... Knew her yeah, as a character. Yeah, and what they did was they, they, um, they explored her origin through a pick-a-storybook, which is then obvious, you know, they can't use Choose Your Adventure because it's trademarked. And they... Um, so ba- and what they what they did was you turn the book sideways so you're reading it vertically and they broke up each page into two pages and they numbered them as if it was a book and so you start you know you start the first page you read the second page it tells you to go to the next page you know and you continue on to get you know get the feel for it and then you get to a point uh, on page 7 where you where you make you know you make your decision no no actually on the first page you make your decision um, whether you want to go to page 16 or page 39 and then from there you read a couple more pages then you make another decision and I read it f- f- through, like I read it all the way through the first time, and I I totally lucked out in that I chose the way I think Carrie wanted you to read it <laughs> because it took a really long time to get through. <laughs> um, but then I went back and I I read I went to every different direction, every different story point, like I did with the Choose Your Own Adventure books, and I was fascinated because he had a couple of red herrings, you know, like one where one where you end up, you know, she, the Lizzie character ends up stuck in a mental ward, and you know, not and it was the end, you know, ended uh, prematurely. But then there was a couple couple other paths which I thought was really interesting which I didn't realize until the second or third time around that I read where two paths led to the same point and one character on that page of the point where uh, is is a woman talking to Tommy Taylor the main character's father and on that page the woman is obscured because in the two different paths it's a different woman and that's the point where I'm like oh this is genius like it, it was so clever to use this gimmick and this device but to steer you as the reader in the direction that he wanted to to tell the story to get you to the end of the book to the end point where the characters need to be in order to go to the next you know to the next issue in the story um i just loved it i like i said i haven't read anything since the first trade so i don't know what the hell's going on but i totally understood who the characters were i understood, I understood what was going on i understood at the point where it ended and i thought you know big ups to i can't believe i just said big ups but uh <laughs> Uh, big, uh, I have. I have. 
Um, uh, big nod to Peter Gross doing the layouts, Ryan Kelly doing the finishes. I thought the two of them complemented each other really well, and the art was just so solid. It had, you know, I really liked Peter Gross from the first trade, and it had that Peter Gross look, but then it had that touch of emotional vulnerability that Ryan Kelly brings to the page. Um, I don't know, I just loved it. It just, and at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I spent maybe 45 minutes with this comic book, and I'm like, how can I not pick this? You know, like, I got, I literally got my $3.99 worth out of this. So, Josh, did you read this, or are you uh, yeah, off this? I did. No, I'm I'm totally on this book. I'm reading it. I I I agree with what Ron said. I think that it was a it was a hell of a monumental technical feat. Yeah. Uh, and I was really impressed by that. How did they do it? I mean, did they did they did they sketch out this is on each page? I did think they it just must have been a lot of planning? Oh. You know, yeah. you just you know the story, you know the different ones, you check where it. I just I mean, like it's almost like you gotta have note cards and you just yeah, say, yeah. he had to divide and go. Well, I got 22 pages. Each of those are divided into two pages. And some of the two-page spreads were actually full-page spreads, and some were four-page spreads. I mean, like, it, like some of the, you know, as the story got towards the end, the space opened up, and the and the gimmick kind of faded. But I that kept was fun. wondering. I was like, so are they getting paid a higher page rate because they're basically <laughs> doing two pages? I'm guessing yeah. not. Uh, uh, also, if you like Ke- Kelly and Gross, if you read this, by the way, it's seventy issues of Lucifer together. So yeah, there's seventy plus. Yeah, I should, I should check that out. Yeah. Just but you um, liked it. You liked that though, right? Oh, it's always excellent. It's one of the yeah, best I can't, Vertigo series. Can't read it, can't read it um, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm joking. Didn't you have a line in your review about a friend who recommends something to you? Yeah, that, yeah. you're not a friend. But not you. So. <laughs> I, didn't, I mean, not you. Did you see the asterisk? Um, I did, like, here's the thing, though. I was out, like, in the city um, on my bike, and I was like, well, I'll stop and read some stuff here at this picnic table. <laughs> and this was the one I started with. So, A... I'm trying to hold it funny, and the wind's blowing all over the place, and I'm just like, oh, this is so fucking complicated. Yeah. I just want to read it. Now, that's situational, but at the same time, I really did like appreciate it. I thought it was a good way to tell the story, but at the same time, like, after sitting there in the wind, having it blow around, and I was like, uh, Yeah, that's, I, that's a bad... I was on the couch. I was in a controlled one, environment. One way least. through it is fine. I was like, yeah. I have 15 books to get through. Come on, let's get to the point. Uh, well, no, I had, I, had, I had 19 books last night, and, this was, and honestly, this was the second book I read, mm-hmm. and I took 45 minutes to read it. Yeah. yeah so. Well, you know, I was just like, all right, get on with it. Come on. But, like, it's impressive. Uh, no, it really was. It was good, and uh, what's funny is that you know, like this series started out, and, and it was so easy to look at the first issue or the preview and, and just go, "Oh, he's like Harry Potter," but right. that, that's it's the that's whole not thing it. It's so much more than that. It's, it's layered. Not about Harry Potter. It's about books, yep. of which Harry Potter is one. So that was that was fun. I, I like actually. There was a lot of character development in this one too. It was a lot. I mean, it was a, it was a great character study on her, but then also I felt as if I got a lot out of Tommy too, which yeah, I thought was did. interesting, which is really it's, important. It's, yeah, it's really been growing since uh, since. Um, what I also think is interesting, if you look at the cover, on the bottom of the cover, there are some swastikas, which keeps the, the ongoing theme of Nazis on, the, on I well, think, there, for some reason. There was, a, there, was a, uh, there was an issue. Where they were with Goebbels, remember? Oh, right, yeah. But, but no, I was just, just pointing out the Nazis. That's all. Maybe. So, on this issue. Yeah. So. Nazis, Nazis. Nazis, Nazis. Uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. Connor, did you, did you get this or no? No, I'm reading a trade. Oh, I can't wait till you read this in trade. You, you are gonna love it. You are gonna. That is gonna be awesome in 2013. Yeah. I hope you enjoy yeah. it. You know what the thing is like? <laughs> I think about it, when we were kids. There's a lot of nascent uh, user-generated content. I mean, yeah. you, you can sort of consider that, and like you had Mad Libs was a big deal at the same time, and yeah. like sort of a way to create your own stories as a as a child. That's a very good point. Yeah, interesting. Hmm. So anyway, so the unwritten number seventeen, I loved it, and now I'm gonna go. I'm gonna get the second trade, and I actually might have to start reading this in issues if it's this good. Like they, they really impressed me. So my hats off to you, Mister Carrie Gross and I don't Kelly. Think they can do that every issue. No, no, I know, but but, but but 
But is it is it continuing to be as clever as as I think it is? It's or am like I giving? The, it's exactly like the trade. Whereas it starts like like it, like the it, they go in arcs, like sort of waves, really. Like the first issue of something will be really interesting, and then you'll start to go down a rabbit hole, and you'll start to get confused, and then four or five issues later, there'll be something amazing. Yeah, and then it sort of goes like that over and over, up and down. Yeah. They have, that yeah. they, I, it's not that the stuff that, that goes in a trial, it's just that it's building and that can seem to get tedious and it's very, very, very literary. Yeah. A lot of people have trouble following all the stuff that's going. You don't really need to, but you feel like you, you're you missing something sometimes. Right. I'll check it out. So, um, yeah, so it was really good. Um, another series that I wanted to highlight that I'm actually really enjoying and I highlighted on iFanboy.com in our Light Week article earlier this week is the One Month to Live event over at Marvel. I like how it's uh, written like a rap album. Yeah, um, this I when I when it got announced, I kind of dismissed it because it was like I, it was a five week in a row event, so it's like a weekly event. And I, you know, Marvel every now, every couple of years does these little kind of slice of life, you know, like it's in your world, and you know, kind of like remember like the Eye of the Camera and like all you know, like those kind of yes. stories, you know. This definitely falls into that. Um, this is about a character who um, who lives in New York City amongst the heroes and finds out, you know, he and finds out he's dying of cancer, and at the same time gets these great powers and is trying to figure. He's, and he's got one month to live, and so he's trying to figure out what to do with his life. And he's, he's got these powers, and so he goes and robs a bank because he's in financial trouble. But then he runs into Spider Man, and the great power, great responsibility kind of thing comes up. You know, but the thing is, is that it's being done really, really well. Rick Remender wrote the first issue, and Stuart Moore has ri- written uh, the last two, and he wrote this one that came out this week, number uh, issue number three. And it's just doing. It's like it's hokey, and and you know as representative of the uh, you know uh, uh like messages and meanings of the marvel universe but it's done really really well and actually this issue had art by shane white which was awesome um the art was really good grew on me as the issue went on and it's the is kind that, of thing where the, the guy who's doing this Trzynski superman book or is that a different shane uh that's shane, shane davis okay shane davis yeah shane different shane. mixed up yeah but um, Shane White, really good, had a very kind of like 60s kind of feel, like kind of 60s, 70s kind of look to it. Very classic Marvel. In this issue, he joins the Fantastic Four and helps save Ego, the living planet, who has a cancer-like being inside of him. And it was a little, the metaphor was a little obvious, hit you over the head, but it was still good. Um, but I wanted to highlight it here this week because issue number five is going to come out in two weeks, and I don't have the pick that week. And if I did, I probably would pick it because I've already seen it, and it's really good. Um, and that's the one. Um, well, when we in two weeks, we'll talk about it. But this whole series, like it's 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 a you know five bucks says if you go to your store, you could probably still find issue one and two because it probably you know hasn't you know I don't know how well it's been selling or not, but it's this special little like this trade is going to be really. I'm really curious to see if if it will resonate with people. But I was I've been digging it. So uh, I thought this was the Eric LaSalle book. No, that was twenty five to life. Oh, yeah, that was that almost I, was pick I, of the week. Almost I prepared wrong. Times yeah. are times are hard on the street. I know that. <laughs> uh, you, uh, you may remember a few months ago we talked about a book from Boom called Pale Horse, and we haven't mentioned it since then. First issue, first issue was like it was pretty good. It was okay. It was about a a, a black uh, cowboy kind of, and mm-hmm. he was on a revenge thing he had a hit a kid he'd take care of a kid yeah. And, yeah. well I, I missed the next two issues i i i missed them and then uh i read, i saw the fourth one was coming out i was like oh yeah so i read all three of them yesterday it got better every issue yes it did it was excellent um basically this last story it tied into this whole conspiracy theory about i, I don't want to blow it because i don't think anybody's read it um but this whole conspiracy theory about the confederacy and it ties in very very uh, the the guy the person did their research is what i'm saying 
uh, about the the end of the Civil War in the middle of April of 1965, and and it was a really fun way to tie it together. So when the one guy showed up with that mustache, I was like, oh, I know who that is. And it was it was a really <laughs> it was a really fun story. And you know, basically the 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 character I don't I don't even remember his name, but you know, he's he's not much more than than Jonah Hex, where he just you know everybody who tries to fight him he beats. But that's kind of what a Western hero is sometimes. Um, but the backdrop yeah, in general, of the, they're all like that. Yeah, the backdrop of the history I, I had a lot of fun with, especially because it's something that I. I sort of know, and uh, you liked it too, I guess, Connor. Yeah, no, I, I liked it a lot. The um, it, it it went in a different direction than you, than you thought it would after the first issue, which was nice. It was a nice surprise and yeah. solid art. Not great art, but solid art. And then yeah. um, it was just a clever ending to the story. Um, yeah, it was nice. uh, it was a really it was it was good. I really enjoyed it. I just think it's one of those ones that if you have been uh, you've heard us talk about Jonah Hex and you've jumped on that and you enjoyed it and, and you're looking for something else like that. It's a really good example of it. I'm, I'm again, if you have the kind of shop that that stocks uh, sort of lower boom titles or something like that, I bet it's still there. Uh, and if not, be on the lookout for that trade paperback. The trade will be out soon. Yeah, it's excellent. Excellent. Now, are we ready, to, Josh? Are we ready to nominate Thunderbolts as the new X X Factor? I I didn't hate this. And it was a Shadowland tie-in too. I, was I didn't hate to. it, but I but I was I didn't hate it, but I was disappointed in the same way I was last month. I didn't I didn't mind it. I was prepared for it to be much worse than this. I didn't mind last month as much as you did either. Um, one of the things that helped is that one of the greatest things about this all along has been um, Kev Walker on it, and they switched him out pretty fast uh, for Declan Shalvey. But I have no problem with that. Oh, Declan Chalvey's great. He's he, this is this was fan- and it totally kept the same kind of vibe that Kev Walker did. You know, like it kind of reminds me of Norton followed Chang on Green Green Arrow, Black Canary. Yep. You know, like it's it's similar. You know, like if you like if you told me that the artist had changed, if you didn't tell me the artist had changed, I don't know if I would have noticed it. Mm-hmm. Um, not that they're aping each other because uh, I went, I went, they're, I, not, they're not they're all that similar. No, I know, but but it has the same feel. I, actually, I, I know what you're saying. I actually agree yeah. with you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and little touches like the uh, the panel with uh, uh, Jessica and the baby, and she's got a little Peter Porker mobile, uh, which I thought was funny. Um, but I'll give it up to Jeff Parker too. I mean, I laughed at Ninja Please. That was that was a tough one. That was a tough. Oh, one. I laughed. I was like, oh, that's uh, great. <laughs> I mean, the, the thing is, I guess it kind of just felt like another mission to me. It just happened yeah. to be that this mission was it, so it didn't feel like it was disrupting the book, and I didn't know what was going on um, because it was the same characters dealing with the same stuff and reacting the same way as each other. Yep, I, I guess. Uh, I feel also, like we're not we're not we're not following their story. We're following other stories that they're reacting to. Well, they're that's not, they have no that's control disappointing over to me. Yeah, they have no right, control. But that's over that's disappointing lives. to me. Is is that you know we're it's we're, we've gone from last week was the Avengers Academy. This week is Shadowland. It's just I, I don't care about the stuff. I want to follow these guys and not what's going on well, around this them. This is only issue four or five, something like that. One forty eight, actually. Well, I know, but of of the new. <laughs> I know, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's like four or five. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, and that's the thing. And that's the thing. I mean, like, you know why they're, I mean, it's you're right. It's X Factor is a very good point because they're, you know, maybe they're thinking, hey, if we pull it into Shadowland, people reading Shadowland will check out Thunderbolts. And that's, you know, like, and, but it does make sense because Luke Cage is connected and he's all tied up in Shadowland. I, I don't know. It's, it's very murky waters trying to navigate editorial. It, it, you know? didn't, it didn't bug me so much, but I do have a question. Yep. Uh, there is a giant ninja fortress in Clinton. Yes, that's Shadowland. Yeah, that's the, it's Hell's that's Kitchen. By the way, it's not Clinton. It's Hell's Cl- Kitchen. It's Clinton. Clinton. It's not Clinton. I'm gonna it's call Kitchen. it Clinton just because. Just to piss me off, you son of a bitch. Um, no, basically, Bullseye blew up a building, killed a bunch of people, and so in reaction, Matt Murdock erected the Shadowland Tower. Um, How did he get it built so fast? Yeah, yeah the permits. Yeah, I got a lot of unions and the permits. There would yeah. be a yeah. giant inflatable rat outside of that place. <laughs> <laughs> no. Ah, there would be several. 
Yeah, yep, uh, you're right. Yeah, so little ninja or, or huge inflatable ninja rats. The, 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 whatever the percentage of our audience is who lives in New York City laughed at that, and everybody else was like, "What the fuck is?" No, Pete, no, the, the inflatable rat is across the country. That's a that's a tactic by unions. Use. I mean, you I've seen. I saw. I saw it in Indiana. I saw. Yeah, I've seen you it don't everywhere. See it that often though. You can walk down the street in New York. You'll see an inflatable rat at least once a day. Oh yeah, no, and New York is a lot more, but I, I don't know about the rest of the country. But I've seen it in other parts of the country. So, but anyway, that that uh, um, no, the grease somebody's palm. That that thing's off the code. Look at it; it's in the middle of the street. Yeah, it's, it's uh, huge. That takes up several city blocks. I don't think it looks happening. like it's covering the avenue block. Like yeah. not even. Yeah, they're, not, they're, they're getting creative with the geography and how kitchen. You want to know a uh a, a, a see because I thought it was like mystical because if you look at like the clouds and stuff around it, I guess it is yeah. all the it's it's a little yeah well, well yeah because that's the thing because because you got to be reading Shadowland but like you know the beast is taking over. Over Daredevil, and it's getting mystical. It's getting all wacky. So, yeah. Uh, if I had any complaint about this, is that um, the 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 two black characters talking to each other rang a little bit like hollow in their dialogue. Just okay, like, oh, it's a little rough. It's a little rough. Alrighty. Trying to write street. I was like, oh, maybe it was like back. Ninja, please. Ninja, oh, please. That's... That was bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if anything, it was so bad it's good kind of thing. But yeah, exactly. Bad, so. Definitely. Speaking anyway. of so bad, so bad it's good. Time bomb number two. I want Nazis in every comic book. I don't think this is bad at all. I think it's, it's not bad. totally not bad. Um, like the Dirty Dozen or or that kind of sort of World War Two movie. You know, in comic form, it's like you know a bunch of rapscallions sent to kill Nazis, bad guys who are not as bad as the Nazis, so you can root for them and. Uh, it's it's sort of a, you know it's it's it's, it's similar in, to Inglorious Bastards and in it's like a revenge fantasy. It's a bunch of guys with future tech going back in time and using their future tech to kill Nazis. Yep. And it's really fun. Really, and it's, really and it's fun. Fifty six pages. Yeah. So it's so packed. And what's interesting is that you've got this team of you know from the future four people. And what I thought was really interesting was that in this issue they all kind of separate and go on their own little missions, and they all were different in their own unique way. You know, to yeah. to make them really interesting and compelling, and I, I and I found myself like waiting to get to see what's going on with her, and when, and as I'm reading her, I'm wondering what's going on with the other guy, and like, oh, it was great. So, anytime the number of times people ask for papers, like that's the that's papers, gold. please, yeah, oh, it's gold. And then he got yeah. papers. That's what I love. He's like, I'm gonna see what these papers can do. It's <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really good if you if you enjoy that kind of the Dirty Dozen or the uh, Glorious Bastards or the, any kind of infiltrating yeah. Nazi story, like. Um, this has been great. I really, you know, at this point now, it's like anything that Palmiati and Gray write is gold. Yep. Almost. I mean, almost everything. It's yeah, just so been this is going to be great collected all in one, one big volume. It's going to be a lot of fun. So You get a, you get a full meal every time. It's, yeah. That's right. actually why I'm behind on it because I, I haven't read the first one yet because it's yeah. huge. So I'm like, yeah. oh, I'll get to that in a bit. So I got them both here, though. Okay, so I'm gonna. I got something for you, and I'm gonna need you guys to indulge me for a moment. Um, so I noticed on the racks there was a a comic book published by Marvel with the Heroic Age banner, and the title was Superheroes. Okay. And I went, oh, that's weird. I picked it up. I'm like, that's an awfully generic title. What is this? And so I open it up, and it's a official handbook in the Marvel Universe esque listing of all the superheroes in the Marvel Universe, three to a page. And so, you know, so I'm looking at it, I see Nick Fury, and it's got his affiliations and his status and his description and pros and cons and a, a power grid. And, and I'm like, oh, so we're in the store, and we're, me and I talk to some of my friends, and we're laughing, and we're talking about it. And it's got, on the back, it's got a list of all the heroes that are in it. And we're just like, what is this? And so we're looking, and so we're looking at, the, at the power grid, and I notice something kind of odd. I go to look at Spider-Man, and I notice that, and Connor, you read the uh, official handbook of the Marvel Universe, right? You, you yeah. Ten stuff. tons. So how how great are those power grids where they show like how strong he is and his intelligence and stuff like right. that, right? Yeah. Stamina, dexterity, yeah. like you were playing a role yeah, playing. Exactly. Yeah. Except this power grid 
Um, here, here are the the power gauges. This is why I ask you guys to indulge me. Power, which makes you know makes sense. Spider Man gets gets marked an eight in power. That's I'm like, oh, that's interesting. You know, but then I flipped I flipped to another page and I saw Maria Hill was in here, and Maria Hill was marked with a six for power. I'm like, oh, that's weird. So I look a little closer, and the next category was conscience. Conscience. What? And then the next category was altruism. <laughs> Hang on, followed by wisdom, courage, determination, free will, and vulnerability. And at this point, I'm like, what the hell is this? How and does, so, I, how does Hulk is the strongest one there is fit in? Oh, okay. oh, I'll tell you. I'll oh, tell good. you exactly. So, well, here I'll give you. I'll give you um, the control group that we use. The control ma- match that we did was Spider-Man. He's the everyman. He's the Marvel Universe. He's the face of it. So for power, he got an eight. Conscience a ten. Altruism a ten. Wisdom a ten. Courage a ten. Determination a nine. Free will a nine, and a vulnerability of eight. So that gives you an idea of what we're talking about, right? Is this on a scale of one to ten? Yes, one to ten. One being the least, ten being the most. That's like a self-help I have, class. So I have problems if, with a lot of that. So if we go to Hulk, Hulk has a nine in power. What? A six in conscience, a six in altruism, a ten in wisdom, what? a ten in courage, and nine in determination, a ten in free will, and a six in vulnerability. So at this point, we, every, me and my friends in the comic book store are going, what the fuck is this? So I turn to the front of the, pay, front of the comic book, and there's a long text piece, very long, very small font. It starts off, Journal of Stephen Rogers. And basically, what I glean from this is that this is Steve Rogers on the day it's dated May 13th. So on the day that he was given the, you know, he's the new cop of Marvel, he felt that he, he went through and cataloged all the heroes. But how did he catalog all the heroes? Now, I'm not going to read it because it's really long. But basically, what it runs down to is that a question burned deep inside him that what makes a hero? Oh, and he needed, he needed to find out what makes a hero. So he sought out Black Crow, a Navajo mystic who calls him brother. <laughs> who, then, who then placed him into a deep meditation. Then guided by the spirit of the crow, his consciousness went to the dreamscape. And that's where he met a robed figure in white named Veritas, who explained to him the eight things that make up a hero. So basically, Steve Rogers takes some peyote. Yeah. Right? That's <laughs> and the then, Jason Aaron version. Exactly. And then... Then decides to sit down in a fever, a high fever dream, and do D and D character sheets of every hero in the Marvel universe. <laughs> well, wow! With the super soldier serum, he doesn't need to sleep as much, so he has more free time. Oh my God! And then, like you guys, and I'm and I'm gonna I'm writing an article. It's gonna go up on my fanboy. It's gonna be up by the time this is on, so everyone can participate in the fantasticness of this. But this, it's just ridiculous. It is the most ridiculous thing I've ever now. seen. But that's wrong, though, because if you remember back to the Marvel Universe, Spider-Man is like a—I forget what the classification, but he's like a ten-ton lifter. I remember yeah. that. No, but that's the, but the problem is, is that power doesn't necessarily mean his strength or anything. I see. I you see. see, power, according to Veritas, without power, <laughs> hero cannot carry out their decisions and must suffer in silence, having no effect on the world around them. But power itself does not make a hero. And what he kind goes, of new age bullshit is this? Exactly. And you really think Steve Rogers is buying this? Who? who? No. No, he's from the 40s. <laughs> I know. Exactly. Yes, that's not how it works. <laughs> Literally, he took some peyote and, and he's really high. And so, he's like, uh, he's like, I've got to grade all the heroes. <laughs> dudes, dudes, wait, listen. Wait, listen, I have, dudes. I have this quadrill. Notebook. No, wait. 
Oh my god, it gets better. I'm sorry, it gets better. I totally forgot. Not only does he grade them, but he lists pros and cons, right? So for example, for Kazar, you know, his pros are extraordinary athletic and acrobatic abilities, formidable hand-to-hand combatant, mastered hunting and tracking. His cons are he's self-taught in combat and athletics, and Kazar lacks the refined skills that training brings. Okay, that that's understandable. Also body odor. And he stole somebody's girlfriend, but I don't remember who. <laughs> right. So now if Bobby. you go so now if you go to somebody like, oh, I don't know, Songbird on the Thunderbolts, we're just talking about Songbird, right? So he looks up he he says, Okay, I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, evaluate Songbird. He is the most judgmental prick in the world. So he, he explains how the pros is that she's solid sound construct generation, flight, you know, sonic scream, you know, natural combat technician, skilled wrestler. I didn't know that. <laughs> All right, listen to this. Cons. Okay, these are the cons of her as a hero. Self-esteem issues due to criminal past, troubled family background, and checkered romantic history. <laughs> she's a slut. Right, exactly. <laughs> so then, not only that, He's also, uh, he's also. I don't know. Is racist the right term when you when you're not pro mutant or when you're not accepting of mutants? He's anti mutant. Yeah. He he grades Cyclops. Cyclops, who we just saw the whole story about how they're BFF and he got him his medal and stuff like that. So Cyclops pros and cons. He's a powerful leader, optic blast, and you know his life is focused on team dynamics, strategic and tactical genius. Right. Cons willing to, willing to condone murder, which we know the X Force thing. You know, puts the need of mutants over the rest of the population. And he goes through every mutant. He goes, well, they're 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 pro mutant. They're, he's like, we'll side with mutants, you know. And then also any foreigners, like Captain Britain. He's like, great fighter, great tactician. Not Limey. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there's literally four or five women in here where he lists their their romantic history as a con, never judging the men. So he's sexist and he's kind of a judgmental prick. Because huh. <laughs> wrote so this? Like, Is this like, Jenkins? No, it was Michael Hoskin was the head writer, and then there was like a list of writers because there's so many entries. There's so much text in this, you have no idea. A, a pox in all your houses. I, I, we went through every character in the store. I was I was at the store till like eight o'clock at night. It was like it, unbelievable how just randomly judgmental Steve is. Total, total, total jerk. Total jerk. So yeah, there you go. So that's your that that's your inventory of the Marvel superheroes. Wow. <laughs> It was so bad I bought it for three ninety nine. I had to. So <laughs> that's 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 Ron punishing them. You know what? This is terrible. I'm gonna It was almost the pick of the week. I'll be honest with you, it was almost the pick of the week. <laughs> that's good. Oh no, my well, wait, one more and then we'll move on. My favorite was he 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 um his pros and cons for Ghost Rider, right? Ghost Rider. Loyal team player, resilient and strong willed. All right. Cons bonded to a demon. <laughs> like, I love the idea of high Steve Rogers going, oh, Ghost Rider. You know he's good to have on a team. He's loyal, but bonded to a demon. There, there is the demon thing. That, listen, he's not wrong. No, he's not. So. He's not wrong about that. At least. So I, I hope that gave you guys as, as much enjoyment as it gave me. That's more <laughs> relevant than the fact that Black Widow can't keep her pants on. Oh yeah, oh, no. <laughs> exactly. Much more that- relevant. It'd be um, great if they're all like, written like sleeps with anybody in the Avengers, but you know, right? But <laughs> not war heroes. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's written in that passive aggressive kind of tone. <laughs> he um he calls out uh, Jessica Jones's foul mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, 
She's oh, and he's totally the, the soldiers in the forties and foul mouths. And he totally no mention of Bucky's missing an arm, brainwashed by Russians. You know, <laughs> oh no, he does mention that he's a brainwashed assassin. Cons, listen, it's cons. Possible psychological trauma from years as a brainwashed assassin. Possible, possible. <laughs> I've been reading it for a while. I think there's something going on there. Oh wait a minute, there was another one that was that was oh, a war machine. <laughs> <laughs> so for War Machine, he says a con is that sometimes described as quote unquote obstinate. Not so much that he is obstinate, that people say he's obstinate. <laughs> well, perception <laughs> is as good as the reality in the team situation. Oh, this is such a gold mine. Oh, it's great. Anyway, okay. We always Moving have on. a weird segment before we get a new sponsor. We do. We do. <laughs> I don't know what that's Sorry. about. Uh, this episode is brought to you by the New York Comic Con, the East Coast's biggest and most exciting pop culture convention from October 8th to the 10th at the Jacob Javits Center. On the west side of New York City, uh, there's only one New York Comic Con, and this is the year. For, and this year, for the first time, they're taking over the the entire Javits Center, the whole thing. Oh wow, that's yeah. big! Wow, that's actually a lot more than last year. Now that I think about it, six yeah. twice as big. Ah, yep. uh, top guests includes Stan Lee, John Ramita Jr. and Senior, Brian Michael Bendis, Jeff Johns, Joe Casada, Jim Lee, Todd McFarlane, J. Michael Straczynski, Bruce Campbell, Katie Sackoff, and this is a quote about a million more. <laughs> So that be no room for anybody to get no, in, but the no guests. Wonder they need all. There was just one room completely packed with just anybody who's ever done anything. Uh, <laughs> they still have many major announcements to make over the final weeks leading up to the show, but make no mistake, it shall be big this year. New section of the con is the Cult Yard. The Cult Yard is an oasis of pop surrealist street art and other subculture art movements, smack dab in the middle of New. This is their own Shadowland. Smack dab <laughs> in the middle of New York Comic Con. That's what. Trust me, this is not like anything you've seen at New York, New York City Comic Con. It's more than just a few aisles of toys and art. It's a community and interactive feel where attendees can stroll through mini galleries, meet artists, and experience live art, and hang out and enjoy some of the atmosphere of the Cult Yard Lounge. I'm sorry, that sounds a little more like the scary Hell's Kitchen of Daredevil <laughs> Past. I think it's going to be drugs. Uh, go make sure you order your pre-order, pre-order your tickets now. Uh, you can get them, uh, I think, from the Comic-Con site. You get them from Midtown Comics, yep. all over the place. Um, remember, it's October 8th to 10th, Jacob Javits Center. We're going to be there. NewYorkComicCon.com. Yep. That's all one word, no dashes. Two C's and stay tuned for news of where we'll be and stuff like that. We're we're gonna have a booth. A graphically and I fanboy will have a booth that's gonna be situated very close to to Marvel and Image and stuff like that. It so will. you can come find us there and, and we'll be having a party. Yep. So stay tuned for more information. As soon as we know, we'll tell you. Yes. Um. Steve Rogers, uh, Captain America, or Steve Rogers, uh, cons for the Silver Surfer, Herald of Galactus. <laughs> He's True. not wrong. He's not that's wrong. like the demon thing. <laughs> I know. Worse, maybe. Again. Technically, oh, wait, 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 wait. So, Hellcat. <laughs> Pros, enhanced strength, gifted acrobat, claws, magic resistance, can alter appearance. Cons, questionable taste in men. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> also, how much of a pro is claws? Yep. So, so anyway, uh, DMZ number 57. I just wanted to highlight this out because this has Cliff Chang art. I saw that. That's and was, amazing. It was awesome. It was rough. It was a little rougher around the edges. It wasn't the, the, as... as as kind of clean as Greendale was and stuff like that, but I think that was done on purpose. And this is a great little one-shot story about life in the DMZ, and it was great to hear, see Chang doing art on a book that I buy regularly, which is awesome. So. Dirty Chang. So Dirty Chang. Nice. Uh, what? Anyway, uh, uh, X Factor number 209. Uh, uh, X Factor, the whole team in Vegas was hysterical. Peter David wrote a great issue, a lot of character moments. Long shot gambling was very funny. Um and he's it, just it's it's getting into this groove of having fun with these characters and um, what did that one cross over with nothing okay what yep. about last issue nothing 
<laughs> I didn't really. I'm sorry. I didn't. Uh, GI Joe Cobra number eight. Um, you skipped. Uh, GI yeah. Joe Cobra number eight. Things changed around uh, a, a little bit. There's a there's. It's like the old story, but then there was a new story in the middle of it. And I just I still we haven't talked about it that much. I still really like this book. Yes. Uh, it's just that, that same tone. It's that sort of just these just one you know sometimes a one issue story of of this was just like the story of of how you become a Cobra Viper and it's just awful. It it kind of shows why they're such a formidable fighting force because yeah. uh, what they have to go through to become a Cobra Viper is pretty awful. I just love the the pace of it. Like they're not in any hurry at all. They're nope. just like look at this corner for a little while and then go over because there's not they're not really having to go towards the big story that's going on in the other books and I, I love it. It's it's been really good. So cool. I'll keep it going. Uh, Hacks slash. Yeah. Hack slash My Fast Maniac number four. This is the last issue of this miniseries. I gave this whole thing a, a shot, and I can say that it was it was actually really good. I thought it was really well done for this kind of story, but this kind of story is not so much my thing. I think I can I can totally see that. Yeah. Uh, but but I was I was impressed by it. Like it wasn't bad in any way. Uh, I I was I was really kind of a like, it's it's sort of is a modern comic book at the same time it's an old slasher movie but it's got this one character it, it was a lot of things at once in a really well done way it was really it's, it's impressive i see why people like it and why it's been around for a long time um, cool. but if that's your thing you should definitely check it out yeah i dropped it after the first because horror is not my thing it's never been my thing but i i i'm glad that you it's good so it is anyway um cbgb number three from boom studios um I'm going to wait until the fourth issue comes out and this all finishes up. But if unless the fourth issue takes a dramatic turn, uh, I'm going to go on. A, I'm going to go on a limb and say they blew it with the series. Blew it hard. This was not a. This was. This was a bad issue. This was. This was bad. This was. This was conceptual. I like the first issue a lot. I like the second issue, but this was a bad issue. This was bad, and I hated. I was on the show, but I hated the second issue. So far, the first issue has been the only one that's come anywhere close to what I wanted. And if the next issue doesn't have a story about late '80s, early '90s hardcore scene, I, I'm going to lose a gasket. So sorry, I can't point it at you. But that whole Indian shaman stuff was. Oh, what the hell, Steve? They, they should have made, they they made character sheets on the Ramones. Exactly, that would have been awesome. <laughs> no, dudes, dudes, I'm gonna grade all the heroes. <laughs> oh man. He walks. In uh, Mystery Society number three is a book that I started reading because of Paul Montgomery, our writer's evangelism on the website, and so I. It's been fantastic. Yes. Cool. Literally, if you go to the best best of weekend panels on the site, and you and you look at the panel that we put up this week, that's kind of all that needs to be said. Yeah, it's, it was a good it's, panel. Yeah. It's, it, the whole it's, book is crazy. It's goofy. It's kind of Hellboy esque, but also it's it's kind of um, it's got shades of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. It's got shades of Umbrella Academy. It's got all kinds of these wacky things put together. And this is the best thing I've ever read from Steve Niles. Yeah, easily. Cool. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Yeah. That's great. The art's really good too. I saw, um, I, saw, I saw DC Universe Legacies, and I saw it was the Crisis issue, and I giggled. It's the Crisis issue, and I wanted to mention because it was drawn by George Perez, yep. and the backup story about um, Adam Strange was drawn by Walt Simonson. So yep. you had a really boffo one-two punch of art. In this the issue. Adam Strange story was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And it was really loose. It was the '80s DC in the whole first story. Yeah. yeah, it was really loose. Simonson, which I really liked too, which was cool. But um, no, the the Crisis story, I, I, I was like, I'm like, oh, so this is what Crisis was like for normal people. Right, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, exactly. Um, I thought this was really good. This is a really good miniature. But you had the whole, you had to see, you got to see George Prince do the Teen Titans again, and then do Crisis and sort of on the side. It was really nice, really nice, really nice issue. 
So those are the books that came out that we enjoyed, but you enjoyed comics as well. So uh, we'll dive into your reviews from the iFanboy community. And the first review comes from C.T. Rose Jr., uh, who reviewed Astonishing Spider-Man Wolverine number three and gave the story a five out of five and the art a five out of five. At the time of recording, about 8% of you made it your pick of the week. And C.T. Rose Jr. says, Astonishing Spider-Man Wolverine continues to be a wonderful comic book romp. It's completely over the top in the way that good comics usually are. This story has time travel, a Phoenix Force gun, a Cosmic Cube, and of course there's Marvel's favorite odd couple, Spider-Man and Wolverine, at each, other's, at each other's throats, literally. Jason Aaron has a pitch-perfect grasp on these characters. He knows what makes them work individually as well as makes them work as perfect foils to each other. And I couldn't agree more. I love this whole series. I told Jason Aaron was at Isotope uh, here in San Francisco this past weekend, and I, 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 we clanged glasses over the Phoenix Phoenix gun. I said that was genius. So um, I'm really upset that I haven't been reading this. Oh, you're missing yeah. out. No, I know. I yeah, mean, I will. Really but, like at first, I was like, yeah, it's all right. And then, but by yeah. now, I'm just like, I really should have read that. Oh, it's so good. It's this- it's it's a lot of fun, and it's and it's in that similar vein that. Astonishing X-Men is in, in, you know, in continuity. This is sort of in its own bubble, and it's really yeah. nice. It's really fun. It's a, it's a fun story, which is which it doesn't get bogged down and stuff. Just these guys bouncing around time, and Peter's always Peter's growing a beard every every. It's great. It's fantastic. He's yeah. Growing a beard while he's doing science. Yeah. Um. It's just it's it's Jason Aaron flexing a lot of different muscles in one issue. He does humor. He does action. He does the sort of grim and gritty stuff. It's it's very fun. It's very good. Yeah. And Kubert, I think, is killing it. I think some of the best work I've seen him done in ages. Um. Unfortunately, we have a little revisit back to the origin stuff when Wolverine dies in the issue and he's kind of in heaven on the way to meet his mother and um, gets pulled back and that's what reminded me that was Kubert but aside from that scene I, uh, like, I feel like this is a, almost nearly a different artist like the, the level of detail and the work that he's put into it is just amazing so yep. um, so good times alright the next champion review Joe the Barbarian number number seven seven and he gave a story a three out of five and the art of five out of five at the time of recording about four percent of you made this your pick of the week and the next champion said Lateness can affect the book in many ways. One of them can be the pacing. The other can be confusion. I mean, how many times have we read something, waited a while to read it again, and forgot everything that happened before? Sadly, Grant Morrison's epic fantasy about a kid in diabetic shock has, bo- has met both of these qualities. I seriously cannot tell you what happened before this issue. At least we have Sean Murphy's amazing, absolutely gorgeous pencils to keep our attention going. I would kill to see more of a Batman, Superman, Captain Picard fighting evil forces for a comic. Keep, get going on that DC. I, I got to admit, Sean, uh, Sean Murphy... That, that two-page spread that he was talking about killed, yes. killed. Like I, I turned the page and I just thought, "Wow, that was amazing." There's a bunch of wow in this issue. Yeah, Our a bunch world. of wow in this issue. I'm not, uh, you know, yes, it's it's frustrating that it's late and all that stuff. But like the main story is the kid's having a uh, diabetic, you know, anaphylactic shock, and he's having this fantasy of all his toys are fighting. That's all I need, you know. Like I'm following the story, you know. I get. Yeah, it. I mean, it, it didn't. It took me a couple of pages to remember the, the specifics of it, but it yeah. was fine. Yeah. It was. It was still really good. I mean, I, I think sitting down all together, this would be a fantastic story, but yeah. um, it hurt. It was only a couple months late. It wasn't terribly late. Yeah, not that bad. So uh, st- those are the reviews that you all wrote, or so, two of you wrote, and many more of you wrote many more other reviews. Go to ifanboy.com slash comics where you can see all the comics that came out. You can do your pull list. You can rate and review them, see the other reviews that are there, participate in the community. It's awesome to hear what you all think about the comics. Um, we also want to thank Comedy Central for sponsoring this episode. And uh, you guys might remember back in July, we told you about all the cool panels that Comedy Central was doing at the San Diego Comic-Con. And every, we heard that everybody that went to their panels had a great time and that they did a really great job on their, the Ugly Americans panel. And, and um, a lot of you know stuff was given away and it was crazy. So Comedy Central is going to be at the New York Comic-Con and they want to make sure that everyone that listens to iFanboy knows about what they've got up, uh, up their sleeve. Um, they've actually got a great block of panels planned for Saturday. So if you're a Comedy Central fan, you're going to want to get to room 1A06 
Could Javits make it any more confusing? Uh, <laughs> room 1A06 on Saturday. Okay, you want to get there. It's, um, the first panel starts at 6.15 on Saturday. So get there a little early, get a seat. But at 6.15 is the Ugly Americans panel. They're going to go behind the scenes of the new um, animated series, Ugly Americans. They've got a sneak peek of the new season. They're doing a Q&A um, uh, with, the, with the animators and some of the, some of the cast. It's going to be awesome. Um, if you haven't seen Ugly Americans, uh, it follows uh, Mark Lilly, a social worker from the Department of Integration, as he helps new citizens, both human and other, adapt to hectic life in the Big Apple. Um, it's gotten great reviews. Uh, apparently, people are loving it. So go check out Ugly Americans at 6.15. Stay, because at 7.15, Comedy Central is going to be uh, have a panel for Nick Swardson's Pretend Time. And do you guys know who Nick Swardson is? Yes. Yeah. He's he, Terry on Reno 911, the roller he's, skate. He's yeah. that guy. He's that guy. He, I like him a lot. He's great. And so apparently, he's, a, he's a very funny stand-up comedian. Yeah. So apparently Nick Swardson's Pretend Time is a new show on Comedy Central. It's a sketch comedy show that's all from his kind of mind. Um, he's going to be there. They're doing a sneak peek of the series. And I'm not supposed to say anything, but they're showing a lot. Normally they limit how much they show. And at this panel, they're going to show a lot of the new show. Um, so Nick is going to be there. So you stick around for Nick Swardson. And then if you're a South Park fan, stay in your seat because at 8.15, they're going to have a special South Park surprise that we're not allowed to talk about. So – if you like South Park, you're not going to want to miss that panel. Um, there's going to be some giveaways as well. Uh, we might actually be holding a contest on ifanboy.com leading up to New York Comic Con. So if you're a fan of Comedy Central, you're going to want to stay tuned. Um, so if you like Comedy Central, go to, go to New York Comic Con. Don't miss these panels. And go to comedycentral.com for more great comedy. Yes. Is that, that's not AM times, right? No, that is, that is PM. Okay. Correct. Yes. Yeah, that would be weird. It would be early. Interesting choice. Interesting direction. <laughs> yes. Uh, book of the month time. We um, once a month, well, one of us does the book of the month, which is our, a, a trade or a graphic novel or something like that. That's de- deemed the book of the month. And this time, I had forgotten I had the book of the month <laughs> until a couple of days before beforehand. But luckily, my two read stack is about eighteen inches high next to my bed, and I looked over and realized I had a lock and key. Crown of Shadows volume, which is the third volume of Lock and Key, sitting on the on my stack. So I pulled it out and read it, and it was fantastic. And that was the book of the month. Wow. Um, That's easy. And, that was a wonderful story. <laughs> Thank you. We're done. See you next week. Steve Rogers would have rated you a six, though, in your story. Lock, lock and key crown of shadows. Pros picks a book when he's supposed to. Cons doesn't really have a good story behind it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't like lock and key saved my life in Korea. <laughs> what kind of story do you want? Cons uh, is sarcastic. Good. Yeah. Lock and key crown of shadows is from Joe Hill. Writer Joe Hill and artist Gabriel Rodriguez. And you may remember, we talked about the first volume a long time ago on a video show, on the audience uh, select video show. Josh and I read Lock and Key, the first volume for that show. and really quite enjoyed it. I kept going. I don't think Josh did, but I read the second volume, and this is the third volume about the, the Locke family and their um, on, ongoing war with the demons that live in their property, uh, over, fighting over this, the magical keys that are in their house. And for uh, it's... Lock and Key is one of those books that everyone talks about, but no one talks about. Do you know what I mean? Like yep. everyone always yeah. talks about it being one of the favorite books, but it doesn't get talked about a lot in general. Uh, in fact, um, I think a week ago we had a thing on our website about you know asking people to pick their favorite book of the, uh, coming out. Of, you know, they're just a, their, their number one book. And I think it came in second. Which is surprising because not even on iFanboy does Lock and Key get talked about a lot. But it's well, yeah, always- and, and and actually, you know, because uh, Chris Neesman, who does the Don't Miss podcast for us as well as Love Our Comics, he swear like he loves this book, loves yeah. it. You know, swears by it. Now I've only read the first. Tri- I've only read the first collection, the, the Welcome to whatever it is, Ravencroft or you know, uh, is it Ravencroft or? 
don't know. It's all the way across the room. I don't, I don't know. know. But anyway, but um, I've only read the first one, and then I flipped through the most recent issue that came out with the Calvin and Hobbes tribute. And I mean, everything that I've heard has been it's been it's been amazingly consistent and quality. Um, and you're, I think it's getting better in ter- in many ways. Number one, Gabriel Rodriguez's art was really good in the first volume, but he's much better now. Yeah, uh, which is great because he started off at a really high level, and I've forgotten how because it's been a slow progression, so I forgot how good he's been. When I, until I looked at the first volume while I was writing this review, I had to look something up and I, and I saw his art had changed quite a bit. It's a lot more um, smooth now. There's a lot, less, lot more hard edges in the first volume. Um, but the most impressive thing is that Joe Hill, you know, he's a novelist and he, you know, he's, he's pretty much moved really smoothly into comics. He's a really good comic book writer. He understands the medium. He understands, you know, panel to panel storytelling, understands page to page storytelling. And he lets the he lets the art breathe. He doesn't overburden it with words. He really seems like an old season pro. See this? Is he Stephen kid, King's kid? Yes. Okay, I keep getting him mixed up with uh, D- no Gene Simmons's kid. <laughs> okay. They both make comics, really, right? There's a good distinction there, though. <laughs> one of them is a writer. <laughs> <laughs> the other one's on a reality no, show. I think Gene Simmons' kids write comics, or or does it? Is it D. Snyder's kid? He had his name on one. No, D. Snyder's son also writes comics, and he's okay. That's who I'm thinking of. Yes. Okay. Jesse thank you. Blaze Snyder, not to be confused yes. with Scott Snyder, who has nothing whatever to do with Twisted Sister. Which, Although by the I way, bet goes, you he hopes he does. Goes wishes the, he goes in the con category. <laughs> Prose does a really good vampire book. Cons nothing whatever to do with Twisted Sister. Um, <laughs> oh god this is so great isn't it the most wonderful thing i've ever given you it's the gift that keeps on giving the, the story of lock and the key is that uh, this lock the lock family experienced horrible tragedy in california they moved back to massachusetts uh to their family estate and it's full of magical keys and demons and these keys do different things and they're always discovering new ones and the demons want all these keys and it that's part of the story, but, but the other part of the story is just the people in the family. And this, this volume in particular has a lot to do with just the character development and what's been happening. I mean, the, the story in the first volume was that the, these two kids came and attacked this family, killed the father, raped the mother, beat her really badly, and they fought back. And so the mother's been dealing with the psychological trauma now for three volumes, and she's just completely spiraled out of control. She's, you know, she's constantly drunk. She's constantly fighting with her kids. She's constantly miserable. And it's uh, been, it's been constantly re- drunk, huh, Connor? So it's been interesting to see her <laughs> sort of devolve. Yes, let's compare me to a rape victim. And, uh, <laughs> and, 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 I didn't um, read the book. I didn't know. <laughs> I just said it. Um, she, you know, it's been really interesting to watch her, the development of the family. And as the mother spiraled down, the kids have, the kids have taken st- stepped into the, the void. And, and that's been interesting. And there was a really great one issue in here where the daughter went with her new friends from school to explore this cave. And it had nothing to do with the overall story on the surface. They went to explore this cave that the kids go to and they got trapped and they were going to drown and they had to find their way out. And it was really tense and claustrophobic and really, really well done and really impressive in terms of just a one-shot story in, in really revealing character. If I've been through what that girl's been through, I ain't going to no caves. <laughs> yeah. that's, a, that's a bad choice. Yeah. Um, well, the, the thing was her father's name was written down there. She wanted to find out why because and, and, there's something, something about her father. He, 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 you know, his, his history is tied into this whole thing. Um, and then finally, the way that these two guys work together, Gabriel Rodriguez and Joe Hill, is pretty amazing. They, have this, they, they really complement each other well. The art is really strong. There's, these are family members who look similarly enough, the B family, but not, not all the same. They've all got different faces, but they've all looked similar. And it's something that doesn't really happen a lot in terms of in stories where the characters are related. And I really, something I really like about the art. I remember that about the first volume, too. Yeah. Just a really, really, really good book. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad I read it this way because it's a mystery story. 
it's ostensibly horror, but it's not overly horror. It's 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 more thrillery. I mean, there's demons and there's magical keys, but they don't they don't overwhelm the story. It's it's mostly about these people who are being traumatized by what's going on around them and how they deal with it, and 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 uh, just really really strong. And if you like Lock and Key, I'd recommend picking up the first the first volume. Or if you if you think you might like like Mike Lock. Might lock, like lock and key a lot. <laughs> Not like, that was it was almost like box lock box anchors. <laughs> oh. He could do that um, though. Pick up the uh, first volume because it's, it's it's an ongoing story. Uh, did you, did you read it in hardcover or paperback? Uh, it comes out in hardcover. I don't even know. Did, if you, it comes out in did you? Does the hardcover have the ribbon? Yes. Oh, I love the ribbon. The the quality. The IDW does a really good job putting these books together yeah. production wise. It's a really nice. You know, solid hardcover. It's really good. You know, the the it's embossed cover. And it's got the ribbon. It's re- these are really nice books they put together. Uh, but Lock and Key's fantastic. I just I, I didn't follow. I haven't followed up not because I didn't like it or anything. I just just one of those things. You just like ah, oh, that's it. They're also not cheap. They're like twenty five bucks for one of those hardcovers. Well, yeah, they're quality. They're quality. But you can get it. You can probably get them discounted in stocktrades.com. I'm sure you could. Yeah, I'm sure. Yes, <laughs> I'm gonna read. It. And, I really want to. Yeah. They're very good. Um, also, if you're not, if you might want to get the issues, you think, hey, maybe I'll jump on issues after reading the first two volumes. You can go to Discount Comic Book Service. They have monthly specials up to seventy-five percent off, forty percent off all the major publishers, and flat rate shipping of five ninety-five on all U.S. orders. You can buy anything listed in previews. They've got over nine thousand trade paperbacks in stock, probably even lock and key. You can track orders online, and it's all available at DCBService.com. Excellent. All right, cool. So that's the book of the month. Go to Con- go to ifanboy. Go to Connor. dot com to read ifanboy's book of the month review. Um, you can see all about it. Um, out on this one. Con f- secretly a robot gets stuck on words. <laughs> <laughs> all right, on to the email. Josh, why don't you read our one email for the show? Oh, do we doing the yeah? Um, hang on, I, I backed way up. I wasn't prepared. Robert Young of Winter Garden, for Florida. I just recently got back into comics after a twenty year hiatus. So that would be well. That's a long time. I have to say, I'm a little lost. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> Brian, Michael, who? Where the hell? Is Where are my foil Taylor? covers? <laughs> no, he's before that. Twenty years. That's nineteen ninety. Yeah, oh yeah, he's right before that. Yeah, yeah. he's right before nineteen ninety. Yeah, it's like whatever. That Liefeld kid <laughs> with the jeans. I liked him. <laughs> Jesus, what happened to John Byrne? Uh, I'm liking a lot of what's going on. It's just a little overwhelming. I and the, <laughs> we're not making fun of you, Robert. That's important to clarify. I, it's, we're making fun of the fact that a lot has changed, and I think it's I'm, you're in Sino Man right now. That's what's going on. <laughs> ben Winkle. And though I love my local comic book store, big up to Coliseum Comics and Fashion Square Mall. The guys there are less than helpful when it comes to one thing. See, when I stopped reading comics all the years ago, my absolute favorite character and the one that got me back into comics in the first place was Marvel's Cosmic Avenger, Quasar. <laughs> <laughs> I think we found the only Quasar fan. Now, earlier, Rum was talking about Kazar. No, which is no, this different. Is Martin, quick, look up, look up Quasar. Oh, I've already got him waiting. Let's get through the I email. I got, I got it already pulled up. Okay. <laughs> back then, there was nothing more exciting than picking up the newest issue and following the continuing adventures of Wendell Vaughn in his quest <laughs> to make some things to make awesome things out of energy. That's called Green Lantern. I'm sure it was the same for you guys too. <laughs> So when I got back into comics, the first thing I did was look at the, the look for the latest Quasar. I figured they'd be well into the two hundreds ish. Wow, he really is Rip Van Winkle. I was so excited to see how things had changed. Oh, they have. 
problem is, I scoured the shelves for new issues and came up empty. When I asked the guys at the comic shop where to find new quasars, they looked at me funny and then kind of laughed. Like we're doing. Then one of them tried to sell me some light-up rings which made me laugh. Blue Green Lantern ring. Ah! Everyone knows it's Green Lantern. Green Lantern! Anyway, so my question is, how's my boy doing? What up with Quasar? Love the show. Thank you. Again, not 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 for you, Robert. It's the idea of somebody now, who now Ron, woke up have... after twenty years trying to figure out comics. Now, Ron, you have the page up, correct? I do, I do. I, I, I want to take a swing at this because I actually used to like Quasar, but again, the just, I just like blonde characters when I was a kid. That's why <laughs> it's just a thing. Uh, you want okay? So you're, you're gonna guess his pros and cons. Yeah, Wendell had yeah <laughs> cons. No one knows who he is. Uh, Pros headband. That issue ended. That that series. I remember the series because I was reading that series at the time. But that only lasted, like it ended soon after you stopped reading. I think. Yes. Uh, very... And now. No, 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 no. Quasar went into the mid nineties because he was part of um, Operation Galactic Storm, which had to have been ninety two uh, or ninety three. That, that series too. Yeah, Quasar okay. the series. Because I remember because I bought that was the only Quasar issues I bought. Now so. recently yeah. though, Quasar has shown up in a several forms. Yes. Because Wendell Vaughn isn't really Wendell Vaughn anymore. He's like a ghost, and he, was he died. But now he's back. He's ba- he's he's back as a person, though. And is he Quasar? Wow, Quasar yes, went yes, sixty Quasar. issues. Yes, yeah, Quasar went from eighty nine to ninety four. So, Robert, what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to find all of the Marvel comic books, starting with Annihilation, going into Nova and Guardians of the Galaxies, because that's where you'll find Quasar. Admittedly. You're not going to find a lot of Quasar. <laughs> Isn't the girl Quasar, Quasar showed up the most in Nova. So if you go read no, the pick up the Nova trade paperbacks, you'll be able to see Quasar. But so. isn't the girl from Guardians of the Galaxy? No, she's she's Phyla. She's like um uh she's like Ca- Captain Marvel. But she has the quantum bands. No, now they're the Nega bands. And it's she's it's gay. gotten complicated. Yeah. So and she's also anyway. a killer now. So guess uh, according to Steve Rogers, what are Quasar's pros and cons? Flowing blonde locks. All right, oh, pros. Pros. Sp- <laughs> space travel ability. That's a pro. Okay. Familiarity with extraterrestrials. Strong moral compass. That's nice. All right. His cons, rarely on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> Never there. Wait. Seriously, this book's not a joke. <laughs> no, it's not. I'm like, reading it. I'm literally... they're, not, they're not fucking with all of us. <laughs> he, had, he had a big tree alien thing. Ego the living planet. To. No, ego, no, 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 no. It wasn't ego. Like, but like the consciousness behind the power of the of the like. It was like how um, Firestorm had the the professor, the little head that talked yeah. to him. Like, yeah. Quasar had a big ugly tree. It was ego. It was ego. That wasn't ego. I'm, I'm almost positive no, it was ego. Now I gotta look this shit up. It was not Damn ego. Man. Quasar. It was different. Um, Quasar might have been one of the dorkiest characters ever. Um, okay, let's see. Wendell Vaughn. He's very much sort of like uh, a Jim Shooter kind of era thing. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, well, no, he was, um, Mark Runewald wrote the 60-issue series. Um, he was the protector of the universe, quantum bands. It says nothing about the, his, his, the guy talking to him. Oh, well. It was a tree, I'm, trust me. Robert no. Young Jr. knows what I'm talking about. I have to look into this. Maybe he does. Tell us right in. But anyway, so that's where you want to, no, Eon. There you go. Eon. Not ego, right? I knew Eon. It was an ego. Yep. It was Eon. Yeah, Eon. You're right. There you go. I, I was close. Ego has a mustache, um, dude. What I think. By the is, way, how much fun would it have been to go to the store with Robert that first time? Oh, it would have been great. And just not <laughs> like, say anything. I would have taped that. That yeah. would have been an episode. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh man, I can't wait to see Quasar. It must be up to 245, 250 right now. <laughs> Darkhawk. Things changed. <laughs> Where is Darkhawk? Um, so I think it's important. Do you remember Prodigy from the uh, when Spider Man after after yeah, from Slingers? Yeah. yeah, you remember that? that? He was the one in the yellow armor with the red cape, right? Well, according to Steve, the pros of Prodigy is he's willing to take public stands and risks to do the right thing. Okay, I'm feeling it. They, they all seem to have that sort of quality. Yeah. They're heroes, right? His cons are he's frequently struggled with poor decision making and has had struggles with public drunkenness. <laughs> Connor, you, you know what he's talking about, right? Exactly. Let me ask oh. the, the readers at home: Is drinking Connor's uh, pro or con? They like I think it. it's pro, considering the reaction to the show. That's it's what I'm be saying. Pro. Oh, oh, listen to this: North Star. Pros, trained oh, no. superhero. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> listen, listen. Trained superhero with a long history of teamwork. Alpha Flight X Men, absolutely. Cons, high amounts of media controversy. Gay. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, 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 costume's kind of queer. Steve, you can't write that. <laughs> oh, Punisher. Tireless effort spent curbing international criminal activity. Total pro, right? Cons, Frank Castle is a savage murderer. <laughs> Go together. Oh, it's great! I could do. I'm sorry, we're gonna run long because I could do. I could read this entire book. Oh, I might have to buy this. Oh, it's fantastic! I don't want to. I just want Ron to read it to me. Oh man! <laughs> oh, but the, the the only con with this, the only con of this book is that um, it's like every one in five is a gem, and the rest of them are just ridiculously boring. Yeah, exactly. Ridic- but when when it when it works, oh baby. <laughs> is Tigra a slut? Does he say? Cause he no, can't... nothing about Tigra being a slut. Nothing what? about Tigra being a slut. Yeah, I know. Ah, oh, I know. It's ridiculous. But um, does it uh, say like 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 Firestar cons cancer? Oh no, that's sad. That's uh, <laughs> how about this? Well, Deadpool, you would expect, but he says healing factor, skilled combatant, cons, insane, never shuts up. <laughs> like, I just feel like that. Like some of it is there. There's a there's a succinctness to it, you know. Like oh, how about this? Okay, Black Cat, pro is very resourceful, strong-willed, clever, and loyal. Cons, shady past. <laughs> Again, shady. that's code. <laughs> I know exactly. It's all about reading in between the lines. Steve yeah. is a judgmental jerk. Uh, this is not my Steve. No, this, this Steve is the same guy who doesn't know about not MySpace and NASCAR. This, uh, this, this, oh, this is the fictional mine. Steve. This is the oh. Paul Jenkins Steve. Oh. This is Steve from Heroes Reborn. One of the cons for Runaways is possible ties to the Kingpin. Did I miss an issue? That was in there. Was it? All right. Yes. When jo- he, no. call, he calls Quicksilver, oh, the Josh one, right? He calls Quicksilver a mutant chauvinist. He hates the mutants. <laughs> he, hates he hates the mutants. He's so, he, Rage, you remember Rage, the Avengers? Yeah, yeah. Cons, actually response. Wait, pros, pros, pros must be... Grandmother always bakes cookies for the Avengers. Oh, pros are team, team player, superhuman strength and durability. Cons, acts irresponsibly. <laughs> Runs fast. Why does he got to be so passive aggressive about it? Just say what happened. Oh, man, it's amazing. It's amazing. Won't, won't shine my shoes. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, I could do this all night. No one else, no one would care. <laughs> oh, Inhumans. Josh, Inhumans. Okay. The whole group. Powerful superhuman abilities among hundreds of beings. Mm-hmm. Great. Cons, unavailability. <laughs> <laughs> What's the point of t- this? Th- <laughs> it would seem that they're a non entity then. Yeah, I mean, like, why go through it? You know, like, it's just. 
<laughs> no, I think you guys are really good. You're very powerful. This oh, oh. is very helpful. Too bad you're not here. I got one. Pro Nick Fury, pros, great leadership abilities, master battle strategist, superb hand to hand combatant. Okay. Cons, blind in one eye. <laughs> Usually LMD. I'm not making this up. <laughs> Cons, blind in one eye. Has that ever been a thing? Like, like, oh, is all should, off? Listen, we should bring in Nick Fury. Oh, we can't. Why? Well, this is a very depth perception intensive mission, and I don't think that it'll work. For example, like, we can't take him to go see Avatar. We won't know about the things that are happening on screen. Oh, God, it's so funny. This is so, so funny. Apparently, Luke Cage's con, uh, his family has been exploited as a weakness, which I guess is true. Oh, man. All right. If you're like Robert Young, write us an email at contact.fanboy.com. If you've been disappearing from comics for 20 years and magically reappear wondering what the fuck happened to everything. <laughs> so are we. I, I send want, us an email. <laughs> I want more stories like that. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Like, I stopped you just, just woke before up crisis. Along that. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> uh, normally, we do voicemails, 888-FANBOY, 326-2697. But because of the book of the month, because Ron found this, oh this other comic to talk about all day, we, we ran long. So we're going to cut the voicemails. <laughs> we'll be back next week. In the meantime, I got another one. All right, keep um, going. Arachne, Arachne, uh, she's the new name of the uh, redheaded Spider Woman. Yeah, Spider Woman, the black suit. Yep. Pros, team player, superhuman strength, psi webs, uh, clairvoyance, cons, ongoing custody dispute. <laughs> That's not this business. I know. <laughs> she, we we might we might we might need her at a battle, and she'll be in court. Exactly. Oh, how dare she? Cons, credit getting, card debt. Her, yeah. her kids are getting in the way of this. He's so he's so judgmental. Cons watches two and a half men. Star Fox. Cons overly fond of earthly pleasures. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! All right. All right, I have to put it away. I have to put it down. Yeah. Put it away. This is a giveaway month for iFanboy. If you go to iFanboy.com, you see a very on the very top that September and October are giveaway months for iFanboy members. We'll tell you about that in a minute. And we've been giving away lots of prizes. Last month we gave away some some books from tomorrow's. This this week is the Blackest Night prize pack. Which includes a Blackest Night hardcover, Blackest Night Green Lan- Black Lantern Core Volume One hardcover, and Blackest Night Black Lantern Core Volume Two hardcover. Why do I always get the stuff that has the same word repeated over and over? <laughs> four the winner, there's two winners. They're both getting the, the, the these three books. The first winner is Jonathan Kreitz or Kreitz, Jonathan Kreitz, and the second winner is a brand new member who only signed up very recently, like this week. Supposed to show that joining pays off. Hector Perez, Hector Perez, and Jonathan Kreitz both won the Blackest Night prize pack. Mm. And go check out fmway.com. Check out the top red post. You can see all the prizes we're giving away, including the Meet Stanley at New York Comic Con prize and the big My Random Long Box prize that was featured on this week's video show. So check, check, check it out at fmway.com. That's good. That's good. Those are that's three good books each. Yeah. Yes, they are. That's These are great. Nice. Yeah, that's a great pa- and it's a great prize pack. So nice. Uh, don't Lovely. miss our is our other podcast. One of the other podcasts we do every Monday. We're gonna spend a little conversation with the creator of a book that's coming out that Wednesday. Just something you you may not have known about, or or you know, just a little little chat. Some kind of special yeah. kind of comic you never heard of. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this week we're talking to Jim Zubkovich, uh, whose name you might not know, but he he will be out with Skull Kickers number one from Image Comics. This is their next big book. It's already sold yep. out. You know, at a distributor level, which doesn't happen with them very much. So. Uh, you should check out Skull Kickers number one. It might be the next Morning Glories or Chew, for example. Yeah, yeah, it's got a lot of good buzz on it. So, so Jim will tell us all about that book uh, on Monday. 
Cool, excellent. And you can find out, uh, you can find that at ifanboy.com, which is our website, which is which got everything that we uh, do in relation to comic books. You can read uh, my pick of the week review, Connor's book of the month review. We've got other great discussion and um, ongoing chatter. Uh, other writers, uh, Paul and Jim and Mike and Molly and the whole gang, everybody's there. You don't want to miss out uh, on everything that's going on ifanboy.com. Uh, go to ifanboy.com slash about to get all our social network links. You could uh, find us on Twitter at ifanboy.com or twitter.com slash ifanboy. Um, and also you can help us out. You can help out ifanboy by clicking on the banners. Go to ifanboy.com slash Amazon and doing all your Amazon purchase, uh, purchases through ifanboy. Help us get a cut of that. Um, and ifanboy.com slash store. We've got our Fear Agent shirts. They're still for sale. And you can sign up to become a member. Four bucks a month or $42 a year or 10 bucks a month or $100 a year. All the details are on there. At the $10 or $100, $10 a month, $100 a year, you get the prize pack that the regular members get plus a T-shirt as well as you're eligible for all the great giveaways. Go to ifanboy.com. There's a red post up at the top with all the great giveaways. And tune in next week because we're going to have more details about New York Comic Con and the Stan Lee-related giveaway. So um, you definitely want to make sure you are a member to – if you're going to New York Comic Con, you can win a chance to meet Stan Lee. So it's going to be awesome. Um, we also have a video show on the website that comes out every Wednesday. Last week we did an, an anthology show where I was talking about Judge Dredd and Josh was showing you his shelves, which seems kind of dirty, and Connor was showing you his long boxes. seems even dirtier. Um, this week we're going controversial. We're discuss- it's a discussion about our everyone's favorite topic, uh, photo tracing. Or photorealism, depends on your point of view. Yeah, we'll talk about that next week. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> <laughs> you can email us at contact at ifanboy.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 1888fanboys, which is 326-2697. Any questions, comments, dis- concerns, discussion topics, and we'll get the, vid- the voicemails back next week. And if you like what we do, go to iTunes, write a review, or spread the word. Tell your friends about iFanboy. We really appreciate everybody using the whole word of mouth thing. We appreciate it. You know what's even better about the superheroes book? Is that in November, the next issue comes out called Villains. Uh-oh. I want to hear the pros. Yeah, <laughs> dude, you got. I'm, oh god, I'm gonna scan. Makes it a delightful bunt cake. No, seriously, if you haven't been to ifanboy.com, go to ifanboy.com. There's gonna be an article that's gonna be posted on Friday about this issue, and I'm gonna scan in the page of pros so everybody can read it, so you can just see how ridiculous it is. Because Steve Rogers does peyote. <laughs> it's between again. It's between the lines. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No. Well, he went on a vision quest. That's how they did it. <laughs> oh, God. The best was is that at the end of the prose, he talks about talking to Veritas, going through the eight, eight things that make up a hero. And, and then, he, then you know, he wants to know, how can I trust my own ability to know the truth? And then Veritas lowers, lifts the hood, lowers his head, and he ga- I gazed upon his face. It was like nothing of earth. A brilliant white light more perfect than anything in existence. That was an hour ago. <laughs> So he wrote it when he was coming down. Dude, yeah, exactly. It's the Red Skull. He has the Cosmic Cube. Yep. So, all right. Until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. I'm Josh. And my cons are I'm tired. <laughs> Always tired. What are the pros, though? Let's think about that one for a while. That's the problem. Get back to you next week on those. I'm witty. <laughs> That's not very sure. useful in a fight. <laughs> <laughs> the plater, cross the fader, black sheep get-